A former Auburn player attended the scrimmage. He said the following message. Finley was the best of the three quarterbacks and also said the other two did not look like starting quarterbacks in the SEC. What does that mean? We'll tell you on today's Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day, the first Sunday edition of this season. And Daryl Daprich joins me, Montgomery Radio vet. He will be joining me every Sunday throughout this season. Thought it would be a good trial run as Auburn's first scrimmage of this fall camp was on a Saturday night. We're like, let's try this, Daryl. Let's see how it goes. And so you and I were uh, were part of the media speaking to Brian Harson Saturday night. And look, there was a lot to take away from everything that he had to say. But of course, the biggest storyline in fall camp so far, Daryl, is the quarterback play. And look, uh, Harson's first words, pretty much his first words out of his mouth were, he was talking up TJ Finley. Sounds like he really started things on a positive note for the offense, a long drive for the ones. And I mean, it, it seemed like he was the best quarterback Saturday night. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of falling into that trap of the minute I found out Zach Calzada was transferring from Texas A&M. I just kind of felt like he was going to be the anointed starter. Yeah. And, and, and it made me feel like, you know, no matter what TJ Finley did, that this, his seal, his fate was already sealed. And from everything we've heard from people that were at the scrimmage, people that have been watching practices, is you can't wish it into existence. The right. best guy needs to play. And from what this former player said and from what others said, right now Finley has kind of separated himself, which I'll be honest with you, if you would have told me this a couple of weeks ago, concerned me, right? It concerned me. I thought that that Auburn needed better quarterback play than what we saw from Finley at the end of last year. But if he did improve and he has shown some maturation and he has gotten better and the players do respond to him, maybe I'll just take a wait and see attitude. Yeah, I think I think most Auburn fans will need to do that. I don't know if all Auburn fans will do that. I think there's going to be a big uh, reaction from the fan base if TJ is eventually named the starter. It seems like Right now, if I had to predict who will be the starter for the Tigers, I, I think it's T.J. Finley, Daryl, just based on, on everything that, that happened Saturday night. Still the first scrimmage, but still, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think it's a strong start for fall camp for T.J. Finley. Brian Harson's first question after he kind of got done kind of talking about everything was about T.J. Finley, and, and he talked very highly of him as far as maturing as a quarterback. And as a leader, as a coach on the field type thing. And that's something that I don't know if people would have said about TJ Finley this time a year ago. I think he has taken that step forward as a leader. And it sounds like this team really, really likes him. You know, it's interesting. On the radio program last week, you know, I kind of went after Finley pretty hard because I associate leadership with good decision making. Yeah. And I'm not trying to pile on the kid at all. I, I understand that there could be a, a maturing process, but what what happened last week and everything that we got wind of with the with the you know the encounter with the police? Let's be honest, that doesn't show leadership or good decision making skills 
to elude the police. Don't go and do what you need to do. Now, we may not know the whole story. Right. But I thought it was very, I think to lead your football team, you have to make good decisions. And so I get on the field decisions, but I think off the field decisions are just as important. So that's a concern to me. But I thought it was very, very telling that Brian Harson mentioned Calzada third. I was even wondering, I don't know about you, Zach, but as I was listening to him, I'm going, is he going to mention Calzada? Is right. he? And you know what he used as his adjective to describe him? Solid. Oh, oh he was solid. Solid. And, you know, that's a buzzword for me. Solid means, you know, not where he needs to be, in my opinion. Yeah, he said Finley operated well tonight. Then he highlighted that that first drive was a 14-play drive and really kind of gave credit to Finley for that. His next sentence was Robbie did well, too. He operated well in the huddle. It was a compliment that he threw towards Robbie. And then he said Calzado was solid. Yep. Yep, which is, uh, then he quickly then, went, he, he after that, he quickly pivoted to, oh, yeah, and Carlson went four for four. And it's like, yeah, you didn't spend a whole lot of time on Zach. What's up with that? No, no. and he went back, and I, I made a mental note. Well, I actually wrote it down. I made a, a note note where he said, but all three quarterbacks did some good things. You know, that's just coach speak to me. Right. That's like, right. I think, saying, okay, I didn't really mention Calzada. I didn't put him in the first two right off the tip of my tongue. Mm -hmm. So I better come back and try to uh, clean this up a little bit and mention all three did something good. I, I can't write this off, Zach. I want to, but I really can't write this off as maybe Calzada just having a bad night. I, I, I'm seeing, I'm sensing a trend. I don't know about you. I could see if he blew it up in practice and did some really good things and then maybe had an off night with the scrimmage under the lights. Yeah. This is a guy that started games in the SEC last year. So this moment, a scrimmage, shouldn't be too big for him. Yeah, some other notes. It sounded like um, sounded like Finley and Malcolm Johnson Jr. connected early and often, which is exciting. Um, John Samuel Shanker scored a touchdown from Zach Calzada, which was a good thing. And then uh, Robbie Ashford, we don't really have a whole lot of details on his successes. They did talk about, Harson was asked about, you know, it wasn't live, so how does that impact a quarterback, you know, that, that can use his legs as a weapon? That kind of hurts Robbie Ashford, and he talked a little bit about that, and they'll figure that out over the course of fall camp was essentially what his answer was. But there was a negative for Ashford. He did fumble the football. It sounds like Joko Willis was the defender that knocked the ball loose. And then um, Craig McDonald, who you and I are both big fans of, the JUCO, or the, not JUCO, the, uh, the transfer safety from Iowa State, he picked the ball up and ran it back for a touchdown. So, See, yeah, that's the big thing I take away from that. Well, there's two things. Number one, Ashford's fumble. You got to clean that up in the red zone like that. You cannot afford to fumble inside the five. Right. But in, in a situation like that, you could glean something from that positive and say, well, you needed someone to step up in the secondary. Sounds like McDonald did, and he made a, a very big impact play that turned into a score. Yeah, and, I mean, they've consistently been very high on this defensive secondary. Um, anytime you ask them, it's almost become the most boring position group to talk about. It's my favorite position group, but it's almost become the most boring one because it sounds like Nehemiah Pritchett and Jalen Simpson are solid. It sounds like um, Donovan Kaufman has really stepped up, and... You know, maybe maybe Bridges is, is the other guy there. Zion Puckett's been, you know, um, exciting. And so, yeah, we'll we'll see 
Um, as far as quarterbacks, anything else from Brian Harson's comments and what we have heard from Saturday night about the quarterbacks before we move on, Daryl? He did mention specifically that he was going to look at film tonight right. and take a deeper look at the quarterback so yeah. that he could – I'm sure when you're when you're a head coach and you're at a scrimmage and there's just a lot of stuff flying around, uh, you really can't isolate or focus on one position group. And he'll want to do that. Film allows him to do that. He can mm-hmm. break down, you know, all three quarterbacks. I, I found it telling also – that he mentioned little nuances that he looks for, like if they break the huddle and a tailback is lined up on the wrong side, if his quarterback doesn't point that out or immediately call that to the carpet, then that shows him leadership issues. That had so to I have happened, it, right? It for, had to have happened. For that yeah, example? That's, that's, that's yeah. a clue that that happened. And I'm wondering if it happened with Calzada. I'm just, I'm, I'm just speculating, but I'm wondering – he looks for little things like that. You come out of the huddle, tailback's line. And he said tailback didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. You know, deer in headlights thing. Like, where am I supposed to go? So, yeah, I don't know. Connecting the dots on that, he, he little things like that are just as important to him as making a, a nice back shoulder throw, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It, and it makes it sound like it just it wasn't TJ. I don't know if he was necessarily saying Calzada did that or didn't do that in this case. Um, but it sounded like TJ kind of dotted the I's and crossed the T Saturday night, which is very, very interesting. All right, he mentioned several other offensive players by name, some of them newcomers. Yes, let's get on the hype train for Camden Brown. We'll talk about that and some other names that he mentioned in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and, get this, for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word and LinkedIn will do the rest. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to Faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Daryl, looking at some of the names on offense of guys that stood out, we got to start with Camden Brown and Damari Austin. Those two guys just came out of his mouth instantly as soon as he took the podium. Um, I think, I think there's enough hype around Camden Brown where everybody can buy in at this point. I agree. I think anytime a coach comes to a press conference and after saying good evening mentions two freshmen yeah. right out of the gate, that's not by accident. No, I think that that, that was something that they were very impressionable upon him. I'm so excited to hear about Austin, Austin, because, you know, it was kind of quiet. I, I, that's a kid that I thought was going to come in and make an impact as the third running back. Get some get some carries. Maybe a 2A, 2B scenario with Jarquez Hunter. Sure. Cam Brown won't go away. No. We, 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 can, we can go past the flash in the pan, fluky stage. Everything we've been hearing the last week or two, Cam Brown. Right. Cam Brown. So when you hear it out of the coach's mouth and not a fan or a journalist or a bystander, observer, it becomes the real deal. I hope he gets in the rotation early. When I say rotation, I mean top three because he just sounds like a guy that won't go away. 
And it's 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 a, a situation really, Zach, where we've heard too much for it not to be real. Yeah, yeah. And we've all seen, you know, media members take pictures of the like players of practice or whatever. And Camden Brown's always on there, whether he's a playmaker or the offensive player of practice, whatever it is, he's always there. So it sounds like Camden Brown scored a touchdown. Sounds like TJ Finley threw that pass to him, which is, I think, telling. And then Damari Austin, it sounds like he scored two rushing touchdowns was the note that I saw. So a lot to like there. Finding the end zone is true freshman. That's a big deal. And Daryl, both of these guys were not on campus for spring, which is crazy. Which, that's that's huge. You think about how much they've made up. It's crazy. And I, you know, that they, they quickly gained ground. And, you know, Auburn, I love the fact that there's probably four running backs now, if you include Sean Jackson, mm-hmm. that all have a different running style. I know Austin sounds a little bit like Jarquez Hunter more than right. Tate Bigsby, but I think he's faster than Hunter. And then, of course, Sean Jackson's a bowling pin. Bowling pin. Interesting. Didn't hear anything about him tonight at all. And he had been running with the threes. So if you get four backs that all have a change of pace, have a different running style, I, I really like that a lot, especially if you are trying to settle in at the quarterback position. Yeah, and they've made it clear they want to run the football. And just, I mean, let, let's face it, um, Jarquez Hunter had to have a procedure done this offseason. Tank Bixby has battled injuries so far while he's been at Auburn. Damari Austin is a true freshman. Yeah, give me four running backs that can play. Uh, I'm, I'm all about that. Um, he, I wonder, Zach, too, real quick. I sure. wonder one thing that wasn't, wasn't talked about is how those running backs fit, fit in to the passing game. You know, one of the things Auburn wants to do and Kisau wants to do this year is throw to the backs out of the backfield. Right. Hunter, that's an area that Hunter caught some screen passes, was good at. If Austin is, if, if DeMar Austin can do that out of the backfield and they can incorporate the running backs into the passing game, I think you'll also see some separation there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's a good point. Harson said this multiple times um, when talking about Damari. Just has a good feel for it. Just has a good feel for the game when things break down. He knows when to attack, when to keep fighting outside. He just has a good knack for it. And he kind of jokingly said, you know, you don't want to coach him too much just because he already has that natural feel to it and you don't want to mess anything up, which, once again, he's been on campus for five seconds, which that just says a lot. They did mention that Tank... Got a lot of carries early. It doesn't sound like he scored or anything like that, but Harson did add the caveat that he was going up against the starting defensive line. Um, but the uh, the the offensive line did make some running lanes for him. It sounds like Tank had a really good performance. He just didn't score a touchdown. So I think that's worth noting too. I also think that he mentioned that he was very pleased with the offensive line play yeah. and made a point to say, and it's going against a really good defensive line. So, you know, you can take a lot of things away when you start going – because because everything I saw pregame was they were going ones on ones, twos on twos, threes on threes, okay? Mm-hmm. So, Auburn's defensive line, which is a strength, and it's going to be, I think, one of the best in the SEC. Sure. If the Auburn offensive line held its own against that defensive line, I think that's also another positive takeaway from the scrimmage. I think so, too. And you and I were talking about this when we were just kind of catching up on notes and things – under Gus, and even last year with Harson, it always seems like scrimmages, the defense always dominates. And the fact that there were actually like points scored and the ball was being moved it is a good thing. 
Um, Against a good defense, too. Yeah, yeah. not a defense, not the 2014 Auburn defense, a a good defensive defense. Right. Uh, As far as offensive linemen, I think the only ones he really mentioned by name, he was asked about Tate Johnson, and Tate Johnson um, is moving around. He got snaps with the ones, it sounds like, which is worth watching. You have to assume it was at guard. And then Brendan Coffey, he said his direct quote is Brendan Coffey, is starting to shine, and he mentioned that Brendan Coffey um, is sliding in at guard and tackle. So that's worth noting. I thought that was huge because I thought when Coffey and, and, and Zaire came in together mm-hmm. in that recruiting class that both of them by now would have worked their way into the starting lineup. Yeah, And Coffey has been slower in developing. And so haven't heard much about him in the spring, didn't hear much about him when fall camp opened. All we heard about was Cameron Stutz. Interesting. Didn't hear a word about Cam Stutz tonight at no. all on the offensive line. No. We heard something about coffee. And, I, you know, I found that encouraging. Yeah, it, it seems like it's better than it was a year ago. And I think it was Brian Matthews that posted something with AuburnSports.com talking about uh, he was talking to a former lineman that was there, and he kind of gave the report that the offensive line is better than it has been, which is great. I'm looking at other offensive names, Daryl. I've got uh, Javaris Johnson had three catches per Coach Harson, which is worth noting. Shanker had a few catches. He also had that touchdown that we mentioned from Calzada. Um, any other offensive names that, that I haven't brought up yet? He mentioned Dezalyn uh, Warsham is playing. And yeah, then he's he out did, there. He said he didn't know if he had a catch. He did mention Coy Moore had a big catch, could have had two, but the ball was thrown behind him a mm-hmm. little bit. So right. that was he went back to that and alluded because we had I had asked a question about transfers and people in the transfer portal that had made an impact. And he mentioned some names. They were all on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. He made a point to go back later in his press conference and say, Oh yeah, here's an offensive transfer portal guy that, that had a decent night. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the offense had one delay of game, which that sounds like a win to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially that with three first scrimmage, yeah, yeah, three different quarterbacks rotating in and all of that. Yeah, that I think that's a win. That's a, that's a good thing. He said uh, Shedrick Jackson has had a good camp so far, and then he credited Ike Hilliard for the position improvement, which makes sense. And then he had a quote that said Coy's going to be a good player for us. I think that's when when he kind of looked back at you, and that's all I've got for offensive stuff. Um, for this. I'll tell you something also conspicuously absent. We heard nothing about Landon King. That's and true. I wish, you know, and, and I thought about that on the ride home. I thought, you know, all the Landon King height, changing mm-hmm. positions from tight end to receiver, putting him in the slot, getting him to go up the seam in the middle of the field, nothing. Now that doesn't mean, I, you know, I don't want to assume that because you don't mention somebody that maybe they didn't do anything worth note because it, it sometimes as a head coach, you can't, you cannot mention every play made by a player, but Landon King was not mentioned at all when he mentioned receivers. Yeah. And so, you know, I find that interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. The The room is so much deeper than we thought it would be. You know, the, the yeah. this mythical version of Landon King that we've all built up and I'm definitely a part of this. Um, I don't think he's as needed as we thought, especially if Camden Brown's going to be that big physical body catching passes. I don't know if it's as needed as it was. 
That's um, the key. That's yeah. the, you, you just nailed it, Zach. It's maybe they didn't expect a freshman to come in and, and really shine like Brown has. And so that's taken away a little bit of playing time from King. But if that's the case, and I don't want to play yo-yo with the kid. Sure. If that's the case, and I know that Auburn's deep in the tight end room too, but he's a different type of tight end. Right. If that's the case, and he's not going to be used in the receiving rotation six, you know, with six receivers, put him back at tight end. Yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's an interesting point for sure. Um, all right, several defenders stepped up and delivered. And some of the guys that we really, really need to uh, to step up in 2022 did just that. We'll tell you who in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events. The number one online source for odds, lines, and games. A few of you kind of hated on me for, um, for thinking Hendon Hooker could be a dark horse for the Heisman. Look, go to Bet Online. Put your money where your mouth is and comment. Let me know who you think can win the Heisman and what odds you like at Bet Online. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, check it all out. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Daryl, we got a few minutes left as we recap Saturday night's scrimmage. And to me, he, he didn't mention it a whole lot. It was pretty quick. Um, shout out to your cat, by the way. Can we can we can we give some love to your special guest, uh, the cat? Killing me. It's not even in the same room. It's in the basement, and you can hear it. So if I could let the thing outside, I would. But we may never see him again. And then if you've got a guest room, that's where I would be. No, I, I just uh, I just want people to know that's what that is. Killing me. I love Absolutely it. Absolutely killing me. I love it. Um, yeah. But Eculiota and um, and Derek Hall. I mean, it sounds like they were getting after the quarterback. Um, they said that Eku was credited officially with a sack, but there were several that they could have given to Hall if they didn't let the quarterback run, which makes me think that was against Robbie Ashford. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the fact that they're delivering early and often. It's what Auburn needs. You know, we've seen in the NFL how key edge rushers are. Yeah. Elite defensive players coming from the edge and how disruptive they can be setting the tone for your defense. Your secondary becomes better with, with edge rushers that can disrupt things. Your linebackers become better. And isn't that exactly what Auburn needs? It needs some linebackers to mature behind Papo. Yep. It needs a secondary to, secondary to mesh. I wouldn't be shocked if Leota and Derek Hall become two of the best that ever play at the same time for Auburn on the defensive line. And that and, and it creates so much in the inside guys, the interior guys then. The yep. guys like Jason Jones, who he mentioned, Joe, you know Morris, who he mentioned, he was really high on those guys. Those guys are inside. He even said Marcus Bragg, the transfer from Western Kentucky, right. is doing some good things. If you can start rotating edge guys and get that kind of pressure, it makes your defense so much better. And I think Auburn's got some elite edge guys. Yep. He also mentioned that Bragg is getting reps on special teams as well as kind of you know edge, which I think is good he mentioned Morris Joseph like you said he kind of poked at his size you know his size you know he's a little bit undersized but he can play essentially he said he was a player um he talked up Keontae Scott he's been on campus for five seconds but it sounds like they're impressed with what he's done so far and then he quickly pivoted to talking about how great it was to see Owen Papo back out there and dude a guy that he mentioned several times and he did not have to 
was Wesley Steiner over sure and over did. and over and over again. Then he would yeah. go back to Owen and Cam Riley, but he made a point to really give Wesley Steiner some love. And even mentioned none of you guys are talking about Wesley Steiner. None of you guys are asking about him. So he wanted to bring up the point. Yep. I thought it was very interesting what he said about the secondary too, about how they get after it, they get to the ball, they're good side to side, and they're really, really quick, and they really, really move, and how Donovan Kaufman yep. is emerging as a leader as well. Yep, yep. And then just some kind of big picture stuff. You know, we obviously credited the effort, which was good. Um so they will review film Sunday, today, when most of you are listening to this. Monday will be their off day. And then Tuesday, they start class. And then the next scrimmage, Daryl, is Friday. Yeah, and I, I think he kind of alluded to the fact that they may start to work on a depth chart Monday mm-hmm. after looking at film tomorrow. Um, I find that interesting. I, I look at that as only a a pecking order for Friday at the scrimmage. So maybe to see where guys are in the scrimmage, but to say something like, Hey, by Monday, we're going to be looking at, at altering this depth chart. That's, that's pretty strong. I think there's, I think we, I think that he saw more tonight that he was leading on that he did. And that yeah. he's, when he goes back to film, some things are going to become a little clearer for him. Yeah. I, I think the quarterback battle got a lot closer to being done. Don't, don't you get that feeling? I do get that feeling. I, I, I mean, and it's it's the noise we're hearing, right? We're hearing all this noise around him, and then he kind of says some things that are key words that kind of confirms that. And I do think that. And I think him saying he's going to go to film tonight to look for separation, I, I don't – you know, a head coach is not like us or people that are, that are listening and watching this program that are fans hoping yeah. that a particular person wins the job. I don't think that's what Brian Harson is doing. He – you know, he may have thought some preconceived things coming in, but if Hart, if if TJ Finley is the best guy, then TJ Finley's going to play, and he may look at that tonight with an unbiased opinion at film and just kind of determine some things. Yeah, yeah. The, the note from the former player that said the other two don't look like starting SEC quarterbacks. I mean, but see that that's concerning because one of them was. Right now, and I get what you said when we said at dinner, Texas A&M had a better offensive line. They had some elite receivers. Uh, they don't have any better running backs that Auburn has. Sure, but a guy that started four games in the SEC last year and had some big wins, beat you know beat beat Alabama, beat LSU, and played really well against LSU. A guy that had that kind of game, he's already looked like an SEC quarterback. So the fact in a scrimmage he didn't look that way is really concerning yeah no i'm there with you i'm there with you so we'll uh we'll have to see and let the overreactions um spew in daryl thank you for your time man but like i said at the start of this we will be doing this every sunday throughout the season um starting in a few weeks after uh auburn takes on mercer and it's going to be a lot of fun it is going to be a lot of fun i'm so excited to be a part of this locked on auburn podcast and this network and this was a nice way to kind of get it kick-started uh, tonight just to kind of throw out some things from a scrimmage standpoint, but you know, more to come and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to call the Sunday morning shows uh, the morning after. So we'll recap obviously Auburn's games, but also just kind of everything that happened on Saturday that, that, that impacts the Tigers. So that'll be a lot of fun. Daryl until then, my good friend, you take care. All right. You too, buddy. That does it for today's Sunday edition, special edition of locked on Auburn. 
Tomorrow, we will start the week off as Lindsey Crosby joins us as he does every single Monday. Until then, this has been Locked On Auburn.